In the 90s, there was a television cartoon called Captain Planet and the Planeteers. Back then, it was the first cartoon that delivered an environmental message to kids. It featured five Planeteers and Captain Planet who fought supervillains. Gonna help him put asunder bad guys who like to loot and plunder, as the opening song went. If this show were going to be remade, I'd cast my next guest, Marlene Frick, as the new Captain Planet. She is cultivating a generation of eco-warriors and spreading the green word far and wide, telling people, just like Captain Planet did, that the power is yours. What can we do? In this podcast, I meet people who are putting their ideas into action and focusing on the good they can do for their neighbours, communities, citizens and the world. Marlin is originally from Sweden. As a child, she cared a lot about animals. She was distressed by the way she saw animals being affected by waste. From a young age, my favourite movie was Dr. Doolittle and my dream was always to be able to talk to animals like he did. And I did see, you know, fish entangled in fishing line and I did see seagulls injured by plastic. So for me, I just felt very upset and I didn't really at the time realise what I can do. And the older I grew, the more I realised that all the plastic and entanglements and the fishing lines, it's all coming from humans. And if we change our habits, we can change the planet. Marlin moved to Sydney, Australia in 2001 and has lived in the Northern Beaches area ever since. This area sits north of Sydney, spanning 254 square kilometres and faces the Pacific Ocean. In the first few years of living in Sydney, Marlin noticed that littering was a serious problem at her local beaches, which were popular destinations for national and international travellers. The issue was twofold, a lack of adequate waste disposal and people's poor habits around waste. At first, Marlin and her friends started collecting the waste on their own. And that led Marlin to start Northern Beaches Cleanup Crew in 2014. I think what really kicked it off was when we kind of made it official, as official Facebook now is, by putting it on as a Facebook group and starting um, to make an event for the actual cleanups and anyone could join. And then they joined and then they told the neighbour or the friend of the school and more people came. This organic growth has resulted in hundreds of people turning up for each of the cleanups. Now it's really grown and because I work as an educator, for me, it's very, very important to educate. So Every beach cleanup, we do start with a talk why we are doing these beach cleanups because we can clean up the beach or the lagoon every day for the rest of our lives unless people are starting to change their habits and refuse. Marlin has realized she has a good launch pad to spread her message further and reach more people than just the participants who come to the actual cleanup event. I decided to focus more on the environmental part and do more posts more often i mean now on social media we haven't got that many likes on facebook in a way we got about seven thousand, but we can see in a week we reach about three hundred thousand people so the people who share our posts make sure that they are being spread around so for a little community group reaching three hundred thousand on average every week and just with the environmental message that we want to get out, it's 
quite a lot, I think. Marlon is also spreading this message closer to home, to schools, where she's an educator. And much like her social media posts, which make their way across the internet, Marlon's message reaches more than just her students. Because I'm a teacher as a full-time job, and I do run environmental programs at the schools I work at. Is I, I teach the students, and it can be about plastic, ocean conservation, or palm oil, whatever topic we are going through. But I also, um, after a while, I felt hmm, some of the problem comes from home and the parents at home, and it's generally the parents that pack the lunch boxes full of glad wrap and single-use plastic, and they drop off the kids in the morning with a single-use coffee cup. So I added on to my environmental program at work an environmental newsletter that <laughs> went home to all the parents after every lesson. It's, this is what we learned about today, and this is what we can do to stop this. So, um, and first in the beginning, I thought I was maybe a little bit worried about what will they say, but I actually got the feedback, which was really positive, that the parents started to print the newsletter and they brought it to the workplaces as well and oh now we got rid of that coffee pot machine at work and now we got rid of those plastic cups that we had for the water container etc so it's the ripple effect it's about spreading awareness and the people that you teach for them to teach others as well. Marlin is quick to point out that hers isn't a war against plastic because a lot of good things are made out of plastic. Her issue is with single-use plastic Marlon acknowledges that people aren't the only problem. Businesses and retailers also contribute. So does a lack of robust environmental policy and infrastructure. It doesn't help that in Australia, each state and territory has its own distinct laws. For example, there are some shops in Sweden. They got rid of all the plastic bags that they offer for free for apples, bananas, fruit, avocados. And some shops have replaced them with paper bags. Two years ago, Sweden, for example, introduced a law, very, very simple law. And that was just for every retailer to ask the person getting the clothing item or whatever they bought from paper to pens, do you really need a plastic bag? They made a law that they need to ask that to the customer. And since they made that a law, it has reduced the amount of plastic bags tremendously. Mm-hmm. That's a simple thing that they can put on the retailers. Mm-hmm. Sweden has also built infrastructure that can handle disposing and processing of waste. Less than 1% of Sweden's waste ends up in landfills. About half of it is regenerated into energy through their waste-to-energy process, which is proving very lucrative for the country. The other half of the waste is recycled. In the absence of such laws, infrastructure and government support, Marlon feels that it will be the small things that make the biggest difference. Every year Australians chuck out 27 million plastic toothbrushes. They're not going to be recycled, they go to landfill. How many toothbrushes are we going to have in a landfill? 27 million every year. You can go online and buy a, a bamboo toothbrush. That would make a massive difference. Imagine if everyone in Australia did that. You can, instead of using glad wrap around your sandwiches, online you can buy silicon wraps or beef wraps. Um, so little things. I don't expect anyone to be perfect because no one in is. But make the changes that is convenient enough for you to do.
yep. um, without trashing the planet at the <laughs> same time. The task of changing minds and habits hasn't been an easy one. It was tough at the beginning. Well, the challenge when we first started the group was um, what are we doing with all the rubbish we pick up? <laughs> uh, because it was enormous amounts. And generally what we did, we took them to the closest council bin. Because, I mean, we can't take it home. We did. It was not actually until last year when, until the council decided to help us with that part. So we had to take the rubbish home. And if we had heaps of rubbish and the cars were full of rubbish, we had to drive around and empty it in different council bins that we can find around the area. They didn't come on board sooner uh, and they were a little bit rude to us and they said you have to be a professional litter picker to pick up rubbish. (laughs) And I don't know what training you need to go through to pick up rubbish, but um, but last year... um, I got nominated and I, and I won the prize uh, for as an eco award for waterways for the Northern Beaches Council. And when I did my talk, they also said, from now on, we will help you with the rubbish. Then there are other emerging challenges, which seem to be specific to our time. Most challenging parts is um, social media trolls mm. that um, like to have online arguments with you and saying, oh... I use my plastic bags and I need to put each and every tomato and each and every apple in a plastic bag because otherwise the food will get cross-contaminated on the conveyor belt and they just keep arguing and arguing why we need to have plastic bags. And we've written about it so many times, but I think some people get enjoyment out of just being oppositional. Yeah. And... Uh, that takes a bit of energy from me, but and I, I try to ignore it as much as I can, but I still don't want to let them go. So that's what I find a bit challenging personally. Marlon's patience and efforts have paid off in many ways, extending to how businesses in the Northern Beaches operate. There's a lot of local venues, particularly here on the Northern Beaches, Sydney, that stopped plastic straws. And um, they replaced them either with stainless steel straws or paper straws. I would have to say we have seen definitely a decrease in balloons and in plastic straws from local venues. After five years, Marlon finds she isn't alone in fighting the eco battle. Over time, she has created many eco warriors. A lot of uh, community members participate in our cleanups. They've... (laughs) What's great, they become very passionate as well. So they send us messages on Facebook and, oh, I went to this cafe today and they got plastic straws and they gave me plastic straws even though I didn't want it. Should we write something about it? (laughs) So people are, sometimes I can see the comments on our social media page like, don't mess with this group because your restaurant (laughs) will soon get (laughs) mentioned. The issue of plastic waste is becoming more urgent in the northern beaches. Yeah, we got an endangered um, fairy penguin colony here as well by the wharf in Manly. So all those businesses, they, you know, we're very strict. As soon as we see any balloon or anything like that, they are like, oh, you know, we can go down to the endangered little colony of the fairy penguins. And lots and lots of the locals really care about those penguins. And businesses know that they need to keep their customers happy. So they asked Northern Beaches cleanup crew 
for advice on what they should do. Marlon and I talked about big businesses, national chains and international chains trying to appeal to eco-conscious consumers because of sustainability being seen as a lucrative trend. It's great that businesses are aware of sustainability, but consumers need to watch out for greenwashing. It's kind of a, a scam, the greenwashing, because it's what businesses and companies do to make you feel better and that you're doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. But it's actually not. So again, we need to start controlling the businesses by refusing the plastic. Yeah. Because plastic will always be here. There's no out. Marlon is saying that we have the power and we have to use it in every way available to us. Uh, vote for the right political party is a good start. Um, uh, because, and then try and organize meeting with councils, uh, politicians, etc. You need to generally have a big group behind you though. So start you and your friends, start a petition for changes. The more... Um, your voice is heard, the more it will consider. And really, there's nothing wrong with um, outing businesses and just posting this is what they are doing, like expose them. Because if you see businesses as bullies, they are the ones, they are the liars, they are the ones, you know, selling the plastic. The only way to stop a bully is by exposing them. And that's what we have to do to businesses as well. And overall, it's just about having the conversations first. Conversations to raise awareness. Um, and, and talk to the people that don't know. Or maybe we live in a bit of a bubble because we are aware and we are educated. But when you go and talk to the general public, there's a lot of people that they don't know. And they don't know the impact their habits are having. So unless they know, you can't get angry or you know tell them, what you're doing are wrong. You need to make them aware and you need to educate them about what they're doing and the impacts they have. It's an ongoing journey, but the more people they learn, the more changes we will see. So I don't think you will win anyone over by being aggressive. So it's again about educating and it's the same approach we have with businesses. We give them a chance and we talk to them and if they are then oppositional or deny what we're saying is the truth, etc. That's when we have a bit more stern approach with them. If you're thinking of setting up your own cleanup crew in your neighbourhood, visit tangaroablue.org, T-A-N-G-A-R-O-A-B-L-U-E dot O-R-G, which is a website for the Tangaroa Blue Foundation, an Australian non-profit dedicated to the removal and prevention of marine debris. They have blog posts on how to start your own group, what gear would you need? Buckets that we're using is old mayo containers from local restaurants. The bag we are using are um, from grass or horse food that someone given us. So we haven't bought anything and it's a, we don't need to buy anything. There's enough people buying enough things on this planet that we don't need. So, And we, we use, we have the same buckets that we've had the whole time mm-hmm. and they don't break. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, in an ideal world, it would be great if we had maybe stainless steel buckets instead of plastic mayo buckets, but it's, we are reusing them, so it's not single use. My conversation with Marlin left me a lot to think about. Her sensitive multi-pronged approach made so much sense. 
I could see how she influenced so many people and businesses to change their behaviour. When I got home after my interview with Marlin, I got to work changing the small things in my house, starting with my kitchen. As each week passes, I make more changes, and my waste is reduced significantly. And I hope to be completely plastic-free one day. If you'd like to find out more about Northern Beaches Cleanup Crew, you can find them on Facebook. If you're based in Sydney, they meet on the last Sunday of each month for cleanups. Thank you for listening. What Can We Do is available on these platforms. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Anchor. Get updates via our Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash whatcanwedo.podcast. This podcast was produced and edited by me, Prema Menon, with the help of my script editor, Lisa Nadolski.